0: Uh, Good morning, baseball people. On a Saturday morning in November, we have a very warm, percolating hot stove. If stoves indeed percolate. Watch yourself. Don't get burnt. Well, I I, I don't care. I'm really close to it. I'm sidling right up to that stove and feeling its warmth.
2: And uh, obviously the Chicago White Sox feel the same way as they get the ball rolling on the biggest free agent signing in their history with a $73 million deal to Osmani Grandal. We'll talk about that, where they're at, where the Cubs are at, where baseball is at in some of their discussions moving forward, including uh, on uh, the most recent news pertaining to the Houston Astros and that uh, event. We'll have great guests for you today. And as always, Matt, we encourage people to join us. With the, our phone lines three one two six four four six seven six seven, text Matt at six seventy eleven. He'll read all that is uh, available and proper. We think <laughs> to go on the show.
0: You can tweet us as well at MLB Bruce Levine at Matt Spiegel six seventy. And uh, Bruce mentioned uh, guests coming. Ozzie Guillen will be here to talk about the White Sox and maybe some Astros cheating. Ryan Dempster will be here to talk about the Cubs and maybe some Astros cheating. And this entire uh, free agent market is hot stove is moving faster than it was last year, and the White Sox a big part of that.
2: By the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max Benny's, the top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call Soup Season at their Northbrook location. While most call it fall, Max and Benny's invites you to soup fest, matzo ball, chicken noodle, lock, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist, the best deli, no doubt. The best full restaurant, without question. The best bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special new meeting and special event space that can accommodate 50 to 200 people, parties, celebrations, meetings, they do it all. Max and Benny's is your catering king Abel, uh, ask for John at com for great deals. Complete dinners seven days a week, 4 p.m. till 9. Skirt steak, chicken, the freshest fish in Chicagoland, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's in Northbrook, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And Matt, the White Sox fans out there in baseball are paying attention to the Chicago front office and what's going on. And with the question marks from last year about whether or not they were serious enough to sign a top free agent, I think they've answered the question initially going into this marketplace that the White Sox are for real as far as wanting to contend in 2020 and beyond.
0: I know a lot of people, a lot of fans, and uh, certainly me among media, I wanted them to pick a target and close the deal you know and and I thought maybe they'd have to overspend to do it they did not have to overspend to do it I actually think this value is 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 completely fair and uh, for Yasmani Grandal it's the biggest contract ever for them as you mentioned but it's entirely sensible in this market but they picked their guy who's a great fit for the lineup a great fit for the team and and they went out and got him fast, and it it really announces to the league and your fans we are a player, we are fully ready to contend, a big boy organization.
2: I think the point you made initially there is really an important one, and that is, they made an announcement to everybody in baseball. Yep, that uh, we are the place that you want to come to now. We are the place where we're going to spend money, where we're going to we have the best young players coming aboard and uh, two or three more moves and we are playing with the big boys for playoff baseball and mm-hmm. I think those two or three more moves are coming they have the residual dollars to do it I think it most of it has to come in free agency Matt but uh you know maybe they could have a creative trade or two along the way to benefit themselves I don't see the wiggle room as far as who they can trade right now, but um, it could be in a very interesting offseason for the White Sox.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends on uh, what kind of free agent pitchers come. I know we've, Rick Hahn spoke this week, Bruce, and, and this is Rick Hahn responding to exactly what you just talked about, what we were discussing, about whether this move is the White Sox sending a message or not.
1: I leave it to you guys to
0: interpret you know, messages and all that stuff. Instead, I think our focus should just be on making this team better. But uh, we've said all along that the, the fans have been you know, absolutely outstanding in terms of their support uh, throughout this rebuild. And uh, I think there's a, a level of excitement about not only next year, but the next several years. And I think the Grand Doll edition should, should only reinforce that and, and make people feel uh, even more excited about what's coming together here. At the same time, we know we have more work to do. Uh, I can say it sends this type of message out there and it's frankly going to ring hollow if we don't uh, reinforce that with with further acquisitions.
2: And uh, the point, Matt, is that um, is this the place where those free agents are going to want to go? Let's say, just for the sake of conversation, and that's all it is because I don't believe they're going to be in on Cole or Strasburg, that uh, they want to make a pitch that way. Is this type of uh, pronouncement? with a top catcher and top offensive player as well to go along with their young talent, enough for a Strasburg or a Cole to say, you know what? I'm going to Chicago instead of uh, Washington or LA or LA again or the Yankees.
0: I don't, I, I don't know that it is for a Cole and a Strasburg, but I also don't know if the White Sox want to traffic in those kind of $200, yeah, dollars million I'm just saying waters. if you want to
2: go to the very pinnacle of, Hey, this one move, we're going to go away from everything that we've ever done before. Uh, we're going to talk to Jerry Reinsdorf and convince him that we can step on it and double up on mm-hmm. years and money. And that this will make us a playoff contender for now in the next five years.
0: I, I think it absolutely sends that message around the league that we are desirable. That, that this guy who everybody wanted. And, and you know... And a, a Grandal as a, as a switch hitter with power from both sides, a terrific pitch framer, guy who had a great on-base percentage last year as a very high one overall. It's, it's undoubtedly, what, a top five, top six free agent. It's the number one catcher on the market right. without a doubt. But, but th- this this signing does announce that. And maybe it's not Colin Strasburg that it helps you close. Maybe it's Zach Wheeler. Maybe, yeah. maybe there are four or five teams going for Zach Wheeler. Wheeler I, says, you I, know, yeah, what? all th- things being equal, I, why not the I Sox? Think you're
2: right, Matt. And I think uh I don't I don't propose that they should go after those two guys because mm-hmm. I don't believe that ultimately that one move is the move that makes them a world champion. I think that if you spend your money if you take that same money and you spend it on Keichel and on Wheeler, I think that addresses your need for solid veteran pitchers in that with that young group more than just the one guy who can be the guy that takes you to a world series and wins hmm. but i don't think i don't think that's the move I, I think the the two pitchers and the left fielder or a left-handed bat somewhere in that lineup added on to what they have makes them a contender with minnesota
0: yeah I, that that quickly huh i yeah. think it think yeah. it very well could yeah
2: i mean again minnesota Played in a league and, more importantly, in a division that was not contending. Okay?
0: Other than the Indians.
2: But the league itself had seven or eight teams that were not contending. So if you look at their 100 wins and you look at the, the 100 wins for the other teams that went to the playoffs in the American League, it's an inflated number. Okay, that number is bound to come back down as the competition in the American League increases and when a team like the Chicago White Sox take a step up and when some of the other American League teams like the Angels are going to take a proposed step up that means that the the shrinkage of you know the White Sox 73 wins mm-hmm. compared to the 100 wins for Minnesota, it's not that significant any longer because the league is going to be more difficult. Wins are going to be tougher to come by. I think that's something that people have to pay attention to.
0: A top-end starting pitcher, be it Wheeler or Keuchel or somebody like that, I think is next. And I I suspect there'll be another starting pitcher on the back end. Maybe it's a swing guy like Colin McHugh or how about a a guy like Rick Porcello or Homer Bailey as a one-year flyer as they yeah. do like a bridge contract.
2: I don't like flyball pitchers uh, pitching for the White Sox. That's so, fair. You know, it's just yeah, uh, it's it's not going to work out in their ballpark. Now the White Sox are going to probably have enough offense to combat some of that, and mm-hmm. some of these uh, pitchers can throw five or six innings, maybe give up four runs, and still win. Uh, that, that you know, the the winning component for a starting pitcher is kind of uh, being uh, you know put to the side as far as uh, they're just a, a function of a part of a, a team trying to win a, a ball game, no, no longer counting on too many people other than, you know, a few pitchers in baseball who are going to win 15 to 20 games. As
0: Yasmani Grandal was speaking this week, uh, among the times he spoke was to McNeil and Parkins right here on the score. He, uh, he, without really being prompted, he mentioned a big reason why he came, and it tied into the other White Sox news this week. This is Grandal talking about his offensive performance in this lineup.
1: I don't think I have to do much on the offensive side. I just think, I think if uh, if I do a good job with, with the pitching staff, I think the defense is going to be there, and... Um, We can all follow Abreu uh, to to the promised land.
0: We can all follow Abreu to the promised land. Jose Abreu's stature among Cuban baseball players and just as a respected veteran cannot be overstated. A big deal for Grandal to join Abreu here. He
2: said at the beginning of that soundbite, I don't have to do that much offensively. He better. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he he is being brought in for a number of different reasons. Um, It's Qualified catcher, as you mentioned, the the pitch framing is important. He doesn't throw all that well. Those percentages are very low. Yeah, that was an that, does, that
0: was an edit, um, a, a, an edit factor. He he, yeah. he knows he needs to perform offensively.
2: Right. Uh, I, well, I mean, it's it's a thing he led with, but I think he's kind of taken a little pressure off of himself, both in the signing and in that uh, thought process that this is going to be a very good offensive team.
0: Um, and 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 Abreu, who was going to be here and now is going to be here for three years, is is a, is is a big deal uh, as a leader and as a collector of of Cuban talent. I don't know if Yasil Puig is next. I don't know if they want to go that direction, but it, it was a big part of uh, the the I mean, Grandal draw. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know if collecting Cuban players is the key. Uh, It so happens that a lot of the Cuban players are very good players. It can't hurt
0: though. Like if you're a team like the White Sox and you need something to get you over that edge, and if Abreu was part of getting Grandal here, then that could be. Yeah, I don't
2: like Puig just because of his history, and I I don't think he's ever lived up to his uh, reputation as you know putting it all together. You know, he's had a few good years along the way, Mm -hmm. but nothing like you would say was a, a the type of year that you know, was expected of a superstar. I don't think he's ever reached that status. No.
0: Uh, it's so, so Abreu getting that, that three-year deal, and you wrote, Bruce, this week about the relationship between Abreu and Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, that third year, by the time we get to that third year, or maybe even the second, you could have positional issues with Andrew Vaughn here, with Zach Collins, if he turns into anything. You could have a lot of guys to play first base in DH. But did they have to give him that third year? Did they have to do it?
2: Uh, I think so. I think that's what he wanted. I think that's what uh, uh Jerry Reinsdorf in the front office felt he deserved. Um the money isn't crazy. Right. You know, for a superstar, that looks like low money to me. You know, Grandal's getting the same money and actually more. more you know, so uh for a guy that lived up to his six year contract to the average of thirty homers, a hundred RBIs, three hundred average. Maybe the OPS, not as much as you want because of the fact that uh, he doesn't walk a heck of a lot. But from the perspective of uh, being what they thought he was going to be, that was one of the best signings of the White Sox in history for free agents. So it worked out. I think part of it is here's a thank you for it and here's also one extra year guaranteed when we might have really wanted a two-year with a one-year option.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, and and Abreu is happy. And Reinsdorf is happy. They've got a very good, healthy relationship.
2: And I think the White Sox fans are going to be happy with it because there's a the flexibility in the DH role now for him to be able to use, for Grandal to be able to use, uh, something people should pay attention to, for Jimenez to be able to use if he continues to have trouble staying on the field mm-hmm. because of injury. Uh, you know, that's been his M.O. through his – minor league career and early on this year in his first year with the White Sox. So, uh, that position is open. You, you know, don't expect them to go out and get themselves a DH at any time soon. The, that position is going to be fluid with those type of players.
0: This hour of The Score is brought to you by Illinois' Secretary of State's office. Visit www.realid.ilsos.gov. We've got some interesting tape to play for you later about the Astros' cheating scandal. Ryan Dempster is going to join us later. But when we come back, it's Ozzy Gian to talk about these White Sox and more. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score.
2: Call from Mom.
0: Welcome back in on 670 the score it is inside the clubhouse he is Bruce Levine Bruce last year uh, Josh Donaldson signed on the 24th of November Patrick Corbin on the 7th of December here we are on the 23rd of November and we already have a signing from Yasmani Grandal and we already had Will Smith and the way Grandal yep. talked about the market seemed like things are working faster this it, year it
2: really does and uh so you know we knew it was a hardball market over the past 2 years for sure with ownership uh, really only paying big long-term money to a couple of guys and and that took the biggest ones took until february right before spring training before yes. Machado and Harper sign. So that, that's a pretty big deal. I, I think that, uh, you know, just the inclination here from um, what Grandal and some of the other people talked about uh, is interesting. Let's listen to uh, Grandal talk about uh, the fact that, um, you know, the marketplace might have changed for Major League Baseball going into this year. So Gren- Yasmani Grandal talked a little bit about uh, the atmosphere of him signing early may be indicating that major league baseball has a different look at it this year
0: yeah
1: you know they're doing whatever they can to win if you ain't cheating you ain't trying i guess so so yeah they got him a ring uh i'm pretty sure that the l.a would have gotten a ring and we would have been doing the same thing the same way
0: Yeah, that's Grandal talking about the Astros uh, cheating scandal. But uh, you and I did hear the cut you're talking about where Grandal's talking about the market. He said that it was robust, that there were like four or five teams very actively on his trail and chasing him down, and he was uh, kind of surprised, and the White Sox were aggressive, and he enjoyed their presentation, but it's it was nice to hear uh, from his perspective just how active and aggressive a lot of teams were.
2: Well, and, and the, the idea that uh, teams, especially in the American League, I mean, we saw a tremendously competitive National League last year. Mm-hmm. This year, the American League, you know, we're going to see – Two to four teams step it up, and uh, the Angels and certainly uh, the Chicago White Sox are one of them. And they're not wasting any time here. I would not be surprised if they can if they can strike one more time before the winter meetings begin on December eighth in uh, San Diego to make something happen here, where they're not being uh, you know inundated by the rest of the market, and uh, they they have what they feel is a, a Important pitcher uh, in tow.
0: Let's check in with a little bit more on the Chicago White Sox with our next guest, who joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park.
2: Ozzie Guillen, who does such a great job on the pre- and post-game on White Sox television, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Ozzie.
1: Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. I have a little bit of cold.
2: That's all right. right. Me too. I think we've been hanging around the same places, no? Mm.
1: Well, I was in Colombia.
2: <laughs> well I guess Did you see Bruce? I guess not. I guess not. Uh see uh what what do you take from the early signing of Yasmani Grandal and how that impacts the White Sox offseason going forward?
1: Well I think it was great. You know, what I mean I think everybody's excited about it. I think this guy is 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 have been pretty good the last few years. Uh a lot of people ask me that question about confusing, about we had, another catcher, having McCain, having a great year last year. But I think, you know, last year there was very, very bad. Uh, and uh, DH is bad. I think that will get you a very good offensively bat. But, uh, you know what I mean, I think I, I think it made the lineup a lot stronger. And hopefully, you know me, they need another one one more guy out of free agents or trades uh, to 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 make the pitching step better.
0: Ozzy, hmm. uh, the way the white sox are talked about around the league, do um, you think it's a big deal that they went after a guy and closed the deal? They, they they went after, they paid him the most, they got the guy that they wanted. And and as you say they will get more, but how big of a deal is it that they chose their guy and got him?
1: Especially right away. You know Right away, you know, the system was over a few days ago and they went out and, and, and do we make this move. They mean they they're they're saying that you know, we're real. We're not gonna wait, we're gonna to talk to people, they should say we're gonna to agree to, going to pay off and move on. I think it's a it's a great for the city, great for the organization. I think it's very good for the players, especially when they sign Grandal, then later on they're Abreu. a Brave. You know I mean, they show you how 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 hard you're going this year to make this ball club better.
2: Ozzy, well, we know that they're going to go after a couple pitchers and that getting Cole or um, signing Strasburg might be a real long shot, but... As far as the defense goes, and, uh, you know, when you took over the White Sox, you had some uh, conversations with Kenny Williams, the general manager, and at the time Rick Hahn, the assistant general manager, and Jerry Reinsdorf. And you encouraged them to get more, uh, more athletic team, a better defensive team. And even though some of those guys were your friends, uh, guys like Frank Thomas and Ordonez and uh, Jose Valentin, you encouraged them to trade those guys for guys that were better fits or organization guys that were coming up in the organization to, to replace them. Would you advise the White Sox to do the same thing as far as looking at their defense to make them a championship team? In other words, would you consider signing a shortstop and encouraging the White Sox to make Tim Anderson an outfielder?
1: Well, no yet. I think Tim Anderson last year played a little bit better. Uh, I was worried about he make a comment like, I make you know, I make errors, I don't care, the White Sox don't care because I play hard and I work every day. I think when you play short it's very important to catch the ball, make the play for for to a winning team. But right now you you know what I mean you're gonna go for to win, try to win the division, Now, now you spur something or in, in the outfield where you never play the outfield, I think it's a little bit risky. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, you know, I mean, you look at second base, you look at a gold glove player. But then you have to talk to, you know, King Anderson, and talk to be series about shortstop, get better, keep working harder, and, you know, I mean, make sure everything hit to you, you make the play, because every time you not make the play, it costs a lot of runs. And I think that's what the problem the White Sox had last year. Uh, a lot of people talking about pitching staff. I said, well, you know, I think every time they make an error, they pay for it and defense, you're now gonna win without defense. I don't care how good a team you got offensively. Right. You will make you know, because when you make an error, you know, I you know man, I know my errors because that's part of the game. when you make an error all of a sudden you're pitching. You you have a good defense all of a sudden from good pitching you you go with a great pitching when you play good defense. When you not play good defense, good pitching go to very bad pitching because they they know more innings, uh, more pitching, um, bigger decision. I think. I think different. Worry, don't worry about the because I think White Sox did it well offensively. But a different pitching is, it, is to win games.
0: Ozzy, you mentioned the Gold Glove second baseman, uh, Yomer Sanchez. I'm I'm not sure if he'll be back. You think he should he be back? He's uh, obviously, as you said, uh, terrific defensively. A whole lot of fun a beloved teammate, he spills water on people, whether they hit the winning home run or not. He's super fun. But do you think Yomer should be back or no?
1: Well, yes. If you want to win, you know what I mean? I think it makes the team better. Because Madrigal is supposed to be a great player, but we don't know. You know, we don't know till we get to this level. When Madrigal gets to this level, then, then could you talk about, you know, how good it can be? You know, a lot of people like it. A lot of people love it. I think Madrigal's a pretty good defensive player also. But the experience and years in the big league will help you uh, in the penal race. You know, we got Iguchi. He was a kid, you know, never played in the big league. But he played played in in Japan for a long time. That make him better, you know, make it easier. But uh, I think he did a tremendous job last year. Uh, He was very struggle with the bat early then he starts coming out, starts feeling the bat better. But when you win the glove, oh now go glove now is I don't know. Because I don't know how, how they look at defense anymore. They don't talk about defense anymore. They don't you know they don't care who win the golf glove. They're not important anymore and but I think that's that's very important for the team.
2: Ozzy, uh we've heard a lot over the last couple of weeks about the Astros and uh, different types of uh, mechanisms to gain uh, victories and to have home field advantage as far as uh, using uh, electronics and technology. What's your take on it? And we know that as players, you know, from what I've seen over the last 40 years, guys don't like to talk about these things very much because they go from team to team and everybody tries to take, uh, you know, the best advantage up to a certain point of uh, stealing signs. What, what's your take on it, and how far is too far?
1: Well, I think it's sad, very sad, and make people angry. A lot of people, they have uh, the Astros organization very high. You went all the way to talk to it in a hurry. Then nobody had too much respect for them anymore. You talk to people in the street, uh, radio talk, on TV shows, you know, how people feel. Like the, the, you know, the the black socks, mm-hmm. and and you know, I mean, when you, I think this this problem right now is worse than when the, the player was using using steroids because asteroids mm-hmm. is just because that's a personal thing, but when you go to that level, you know, cheating against a big league club, you know, I mean, no nobody is going to look that right. I think everybody's a little upset about it. I think Mister Manfred. He can have a spot right now to put himself for the rest of his life in baseball book. Depending you know, what kind. It can be a good or can be real bad. And the Manfred got the opportunity to to be that guy. Because I don't think, I think you got to be severe. If this is true, you got to be severe, severe, very severe with the organization. It, it
0: is sad yeah, you're absolutely right because i have I and so many so many of us have marveled at what the Astros have done, and now it's so tainted um and it, what you bring up about Manfred's really interesting. what kind of legacy does he want, Ozzy, you know because uh, it seemed for a while there like he kind of wanted to bury his head in the sand, but now he's moving towards as he says uh checking out other years, other seasons with the Astros and do you think he's feeling the pressure um to to really come down hard on them?
1: Oh well, yes, he feel the pressure because you don't want that to happen in the game, you know what I mean, and it happened to him in his era you know Bob sitting got the era with the uh, asteroid now we had this mm-hmm. big problem now with the team. and this one is way bigger it's not doubt about it, no doubt about it this one is is more. Uh, people are going to talk about it more than this story era because you don 't talk about one guy you talk about organization and one of the best organizations in the game uh you talk about organization you don 't talk about the team you know everybody talk about organization when everybody wants to be like them, you know everybody talk about numbers and de- data okay that's what, that's the data they have that 's a good one at least you' get know, caught but uh hopefully you know they they go after very well. And make sure they know they go around baseball, and make sure everything around baseball. Because if you're going to suspend me for 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 months or sign or me for a few million dollars, I will do it too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's what we're going to get? Okay, let's do it here too. Right. And you got to be very, very severe, make sure nobody even thinks about that anymore.
2: I see where did you draw the line as far as sign stealing went. you know i mean you guys had arguably the best guy to pick up manager signs to third base coaches uh throughout some of your career with joe nasik on the bench as one of the best sign stealers in the game and that was always considered okay uh if you could steal signs from a coach or you steal signs from second base that seemed to be a big part of the game for 140 years but uh this is this is different, right?
1: Oh way different. Way different. You can relate signs from running set base. Or you can you know I me mean, most of the time uh, keeping pitches, most of the time like I, I don't watch a third base coach because third base coach was so many seconds. I watch the manager because the manager only took you know, touch himself twice, three times. Right and go for. It. And uh, of course that that being the game not that way. By looking for a catcher sign or manager sign, yeah, of course they happen. Uh, look at the a first base coach; he moving faster or not? Of course that happens, but uh, but uh, still in sign that way, you know. But that's their fault, though. Put it this way: now they they they, they all they all got data. You know, they can have a computer on the ballpark, they have computer on the bench, or you know, laptop or whatever. Well, we'll figure out. Why you have all the stuff down there? Why? Then now they figure out, like, oh, my God, this is not good. Now they're going to take the, all the laptops out. There's no TV on the screen. You cannot see it, who's woman up in the bullpen because it's a TV out there. You know, now they got to, when, when they start, they got to shut it down right away. because they start that situation, you know, they're not let the guy manage the game, play the game. You just tell them everything they to do and go through this situation. This is very dangerous for the game.
2: Ozzy, we appreciate you uh, playing hurt with us today. Uh, I can i I hear in your voice, uh, you, you know, you're struggling. So, thanks again, Matt, and I appreciate your time and keep up the great work. We'll talk to you again in the off season here. It should be a fun time for Cubs and Sox fans.
1: Yeah, it should. Be. You know, hopefully, to do a good thing for baseball. Most organizations know how how people get excited about baseball here. Hopefully, they do the right move. Hopefully, those team wins.
2: All right, Ozzy, thanks again for joining us. Appreciate it.
0: All right, next time you guys are in Colombia, send me a picture. All right, <laughs> okay, I will. All
2: right. Thank you. joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. Uh, back with the phone lines: 312-644-6767. Text Matt at six seventy eleven. Ryan Dempster at the top of the hour. We're only on until ten forty five today, so get in the show. Get in now. Get in now. Uh, this is Inside the Clubhouse. Six seventy the score. Six seventy the score. Dot com.
0: You know, it's, it's hard to answer the negative. Um, all I can tell you about that is um, we're, we are going to investigate the Astro situation um, as thoroughly as humanly possible that investigation is going to encompass. Not only what we know about 17, but also 18 and 19. Um, to the extent we are talking to people all over the industry, former employees, you know, competitors, whatever. Um, to the extent that we find other leads, we're going to follow this, th- th- these leads. I mean, we're, we will get to the bottom of, you know, what we have out there in terms of what went on to the extent that it's humanly possible. So I just can't speculate beyond that. That's MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred. Saying that they are working to get to the bottom of it and saying flat out, they're going to check out the Astros in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. after the postseason in twenty eighteen, Bruce Levine is when they really made the rules stricter regarding technology. Right. So if they so, find something from this past year, that could be that could be the the pathway to some serious serious right, Matt, penalties
2: so before the two thousand and eighteen season, the major league baseball put in new rules for every video room and every area that they had technology in major league home parks. And that included a monitor, an individual hired by major league baseball to sit in the video room and to wander through the clubhouse and check on what technology is being used. First and foremost, this person's job every day was to audit every piece of equipment that's in that video room that the coaches and managers use as far as video equipment and make sure that it's consistent with what major league baseball had on hand for what was in those video rooms, whether it was motion movement type technology or just general video stuff. It all had to be logged. Uh, Second of all, before the 2018 season, they put every video piece of equipment on eight second delay had not been done before the in-house video, total everything, everything in-house. So that means that, uh, audio feeding, uh, could not be done in real time <laughs> to help assist hitters, uh, with real time, uh, signals from the catchers. Uh, very significant stuff that major league baseball, Uh, took uh, the aggressive part in before 2018 to make sure this cheating was being eliminated everywhere in a home baseball park. So
0: that's the thing, Bruce. People have known this has been going on. And now that Mike Fires made it public and now that it's everywhere, there is a need to chase it down. Some of the stuff that's been reported this week, like there was a pitcher who wanted to communicate with his catcher using jersey pulls, hat tugs, head shakes, glove placements, because he didn't want to have the signs out there because they knew people were stealing. The Nationals came to the World Series with five unique sign sequences for pitchers ready to change them up because they knew the Astros were trying to, to, trying to gank them.
2: Well, but, I mean, uh, this has been going on forever, that part. You know, I mean, it got to the point, even in common times for sign stealing, that uh, signals to the hitters as to, uh, you know, take or hit or, you know, all those things were coming from first-base coaches. Or players on bases giving the signals rather than from the conventional third base part. So mm. uh, the gamemanship has always been there as far as uh, hiding and stealing signs, but the technology yes. uh, of being you know in real time has changed all that now.
0: The buzzing band aids—they look like band aids, but these little things that have buzzers on them that sometimes players were using in their cleats or you um,
2: scared me there for a second.
0: <laughs> and in their uniforms, or maybe on their bats, even just the little part of it, and you could feel the bat vibrate in your hand when somebody sends you the signal that off-speed is coming. Still so is... scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> Understand, this segment brought to you by Lover's Lane. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff that that that's out there now, and I... You know, Ozzie Guillem brought up the great point. Bud Selig's legacy is that he allowed steroids to happen, rightly or wrongly. I'm just saying the way that he's thought of. Is that he 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 presided over it? He let it happen for, for what he thought was a good of the game or whatever, and he's tied to it. Does Rob Manfred want to be tied to this kind of pervasive cheating? And,
2: and again, is the Players Association going to get involved as well? Uh, you know, like they did in the steroids era, where they kept uh, saying, "No, we don't want testing. We don't want testing. Mm-hmm. It's against personal rights. You know, it's not what the game needs." And you know, they were fought off there, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how hard they come down on the Astros and whether there is a trail that leads to other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, is it just the Houston Astros? Is that possible that up until 2000, after the 2017 season, it was only the Astros that were technolo- using this type of technology to cheat?
0: Right. And if you were wondering whether it really helps, just remember the Astros as contact hitters in terms of plate discipline were unbelievably great, and some of their guys who were good got even better. Right. And 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 So uh,
2: you're saying other teams should have been cheating at that level. No,
0: what what what, <laughs> what I'm saying is it helps in making of course. contact of course. to and, know and, what's coming.
2: And uh the important part is when you have great players yeah. who get that type of edge, then all of a sudden we have this discussion and we have right. this type of distrust in the game, as Ozzy pointed out, you know, where uh baseball didn't need this and therefore Manfred is gonna have to make one of the hardest statements ever by a commissioner, as Ozzy said, since the Black Sox scandal back mm. in nineteen nineteen.
0: Mm. 100 years. Um, 670, the score is where you are. He is Bruce Levine Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse. We're here till 1045, Paul basketball after that. But between now and then, Ryan Dempster of MLB Network and, uh, and the Cubs front office will join us next on 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.